Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast. For more information about Grace Harvest Church or to find out more about something you hear during the podcast, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you through this week's message. Well, this morning as I uh, get engaged to share with you, I have to admit that I haven't... um, this message provoked a lot of stuff in me personally. Not that it's this great, fantastic message, but sometimes when you prepare uh, something and you're going through the notes and reading the text, and, and um, I feel like it's my responsibility to take uh, the, the mirror of the Scripture, the Word of God, and look at myself and the narrative, and just go through that process. And, and this, this text um, did that to me. It brought up a lot of stuff that I had to wrestle with. Actually, I had some, some conversations even with some staff members about, man, what this is doing to me. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to share this this morning just because I felt like, okay, Lord. Um, so so I, I say that just to say this. I'm going to share with you this morning just a little bit some scripture, some thoughts. I'm no expert. Hold my life to, the, to the, the standard of the Bible just like you would hold your life, amen? And if you find yourself in a place feeling some of these things about me as I stand here, or maybe I failed you, please, let's do the biblical thing and talk through. Or if I'm sharing and you're feeling that about one another, Please do the biblical thing and walk through that. We're going we're gonna to jump right into this narrative. If you've got a Bible, if you would open up to Acts chapter 15. Come on, we're going to go on a journey today. First, I want to pray. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for who you are, for your goodness and kindness, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that... You're a redeeming God. I thank you that you pursue. I thank you that we have opportunity to respond. I thank you that you rescue, that you renew, that you enable us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray this morning that you would be in and through what is said here this morning, what is heard. Lord, help me, guide me, that I would say no more and no less than what you would have me to say. For everyone within the sound of my voice, I pray this morning that you would minister to them, Father God, right where they're at, that you would, that you would continue to draw them on their journey with you, Lord God. Lord, I pray that ultimately that we would be more formed in the image of your Son, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Acts chapter 15. Uh, we'll start in verse 36. You got a Bible or an electronic device. I want to talk to you about something continuation. Pastor Doug's been on a series, It's Good to Be Home. This is part six of that. Last week he started, uh, You've Been Forgiven to Forgive, uh, part one. Today is part two. Uh, last week, Pastor Doug gave us an incredible narrative and description and scripture about how we go about the process of resolving conflict and working through issues with other people. Today, I want to I pick that up, and I want to give you a story from the book of Acts about two men that had conflict and how they went about resolving it. You might be surprised how we can overlay that 
as instruction for our lives and what we're to do about this process. And so um, Acts chapter 15, verse 36, just follow along with me. And it says, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of God and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them the one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. So that they separated from each other. Everybody say, oh, no. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. Wow. It's a great text. Uh, All of the book of Acts, a great narrative of the early church and what's happened, what happened there in Jerusalem and outside of that. Uh, This text also talks about the reality that without question, some of the most painful chapters in our lives have to do with soured relationships, right? Uh, The fact that we have to walk with people on this life, in this life, And that we have to engage them in a manner that would mean that we uh, conversate and we open up our lives and our hearts get opened and we we allow people to enter in and people exit. And and somewhere in the journey we have to do this, this dance of human relationship with people that expose us being transparent and intimate with people that, that allow for us to be injured in relationship. Or things go sour. Sometimes it happens to the best of them. Uh, there, there's a story of a 104-year-old woman. She was being interviewed by a Christian reporter. And the reporter asked the woman if it was easier or more difficult to live the Christian life the older you get. The lady thought for a moment and said, Well, there's less peer pressure. I'll just leave that one alone there. Maybe that was a bad one, but okay. Maybe some things do get easier as we get older. But no matter how old we get or how old we currently are, we still have challenging relationships with people. The Apostle Paul was no exception. Uh, The Apostle Paul started out as Saul, who was a fanatical um, person who was out to to destroy the early church and kill Christians. Um, He was on his journey to Damascus, uh, ready to go arrest and and kill believers. When when the Son of God appeared to him, and he had a radical transformation, and later on in the journey, his name was changed from Saul to Paul. He was so shaken in life for the gospel that it went deep and and it became his life's mission. Uh, not long after that, he went back to Jerusalem. You would think that the early Christians were excited to see him, but no, his reputation preceded him, and they were afraid that he was just masking as, you know, he, he was a wolf in, in sheep's clothing. And then somebody stepped up and vouched for him. And the man that vouched for him was Barnabas. A man who was a peacemaker and of good temper, temperament, and, and he vouched for him. And because Barnabas vouched 
for Paul, he was accepted in and a relationship was born. Relationship was supernatural, coming together. Man, I'm hearing the testimony of this man. I'm moved. This guy has encountered Jesus. We need to listen to him. So the early church does. They bring him in and they listen to him. So that started a journey. So we would say Paul's first missionary journey. And they go all around the region together, planting churches, being apostolic, setting things up, putting things in order, spending time at churches. They spent a year in Antioch, and then they moved on. I mean, a number of places on the journey. You could read it in the book of Acts. They became like this, nice and tight. Well, along the journey, they ended up coming back. I'm just giving you a little narrative because I want to set something up for you. Traveled. They come back. They spend some time back home. Then it's the church's idea to send them out again. Like, oh man, we got to go again. Except this time, Barnabas wanted to take John Mark, a younger man who Paul had experience with, who early on in the journey had been a companion of Paul's. And somewhere in the story, it says that he left him. John Mark left him. And it left Paul alone, and so at this point, trust was broken. No confidence. Paul had no confidence in him. And so as, there, as Barnabas is dialoguing with Paul, Scripture says that a sharp disagreement arose. Now, I want to give you a little uh, a broader picture. We might think about, oh, this is Scripture, this is the Bible. They just had, you know, a little falling out, and it was all... Think about this. Think about this. You and I might have a little disagreement, and it's, it's okay. I'll still hang with you. We're still friends. People can still dialogue. But, but think about the culture and the kind of people we're talking about. Um, just here recently, I watched Fiddler on the Roof. Come on, somebody. I, I, didn't, I didn't remember the story. I remembered a little bit about what it was. But, but it really caught my attention as I would watch... Um, the lead character, Tevia, um, he would go from one moment being really passionate, roar, and put his foot down and, 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 and let it out, and the next moment just, and I thought, I thought the intensity, and I know it was drama and for the screen, but the intensity with which he was able to do that in that culture and it seemed acceptable, I started pondering even the relationship between Paul and Barnabas. These were men on a mission. They had traveled together. You want to really get to know somebody? Travel with them. Endure a little hardship in them. You got stories to tell, things, shared experiences. You know, I mean, it just like you want to really get to know, man, we shared socks and it was hot, man, we did this. And it wasn't the kind of travel that we have today. It was kind of the thing where, you know, uh, for us, it's like we're going to in the car this afternoon. I'm going to drive him to the airport, drop him off in a hotel, and the shuttle's going to take him in the morning to the airport. Not so with Paul and Barnabas. Hey, we got an idea. Let's go on a missions trip. You better have good sandals or just the sandals you have. You got a little bag. It's got a little money in it, and here we go. We don't know where we're going to sleep. We don't know what we're going to eat. Maybe the church will take us in. Maybe they'll feed us, but here we go. Days of walking. Oh, going by boat, that sounds good. Get in the deck. It's not like a cruise ship. And then they inform you, oh, no, you're not on the top deck. You're in the bottom. 
ship's going to rock and sway. You're with the, the livestock and all the supplies. And you just make your bed wherever, if you can. Well, we're talking, these guys had forged something. Follow me here. So right in the middle, Barnabas and Paul are talking. Hey, we're going to go on this trip. It'd be good to have some help. Let's bring this one along, John Mark. It'd be a great help to us, Paul. No, 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 no. He deserted us. Me once already, I don't trust. There arose a sharp disagreement. These were strong men. These were men that were, that were able to face opposition, to, to persuade, to, to stay steadfast. Do you think that they would, their disagreement would be, would be, if the scripture says sharp disagreement, do you think they were just like, nah, I would disagree? I don't think so. But somewhere in the journey of their dialogue, it became an impasse. And they separated. There's no indication in the text that Paul ever wanted to see Barnabas again. Think about that. Think about this in light of all the verses that we hear and quote about love. Who was the author of those verses? Paul. Think about that in light of all of the scripture texts and letters of the epistle that talk about people needing to work in unity and forgive one another. Who, were the, who was the author of those letters? Paul. But I believe therein lies the gift of God and the grace of God of people. And even in the life of Paul, we see redemption flow even through some of these things. So, so I want to talk about that today. Well, so the issue is, is what can we do when we have conflict with someone we love or with someone who is a believer? You see, conflict is inevitable. Spend enough time with somebody, it's going to happen. You're either going to offend somebody, they're going to offend you. You're going to do something injurious to your relationship, they're going to do something to you. But eventually, somewhere in the journey, you will either hurt or be hurt. Am I the only one? Somewhere in the journey of life, you're going you're gonna to have to navigate the issue of unmet expectations or, or things being done that, that you find yourself on the other side of where they are, and you're going to have to wrestle with how to work through those things. Just think about how we deal with conflict. I know Pastor Doug last week was just very good at setting up the narrative of how we should deal with those things and line our life up to the Bible. But think about how we learn to journey through conflict. It's generally when we were growing up, right? And the narrative of our household. Think about what is the culture of navigating conflict in your own home. I bet for every one of us it's different. As a pastor, I uh, have had the opportunity to be in and invited in family dynamics. And there are sometimes I've stepped into some, some family dynamics and I realize I'm navigating a landscape I know nothing about. That I was invited to deal with, with this conflict and then I quickly realized it's not about this today. This was 20 years ago today. That somewhere in the journey, the very things we're going to talk about now uh, are real and applicable to all of us. Well, Pastor Doug talked about how we should resolve con con conflict in a biblical manner. We've been forgiven to forgive. I just want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, in Ephesians 4.26, Paul encourages us, do not let the sun go down while you are angry. Whoa, this is a great verse. 
And I used to believe and used to, used to follow that, man, it meant that I, that I couldn't go to bed with an issue unsettled. I, I've since come to realize that there are many issues that I can't settle before the sun goes down. I don't know about you. That there are many issues in life. The only thing I can do is say, Lord, you, you've got this here, here. The turmoil in my heart, what I'm feeling now, you've got this. I need your peace. I need you to, to settle me right here. I need, I need you to just work on my behalf in my own heart and life before I go to bed. Because I've tried going to bed the other way. And I've tossed and turned and stayed up. And it, it just, I've been there, right? But Paul is encouraging us that somewhere in the journey, we've got to, we've got to let go and give it to God and make sure that we don't go to bed with these issues inflamed so they don't settle in our hearts. He's actually giving you a little bit of medicine and how to navigate and deal with. So what do we do? Well, let's seek to resolve conflict quickly, as quickly as we can, as best as we can. That doesn't mean we'll be able to answer all those issues right away, but it's when you notice them that they're, that they're eating at you and you've got issues that we're going to be quick to try. Try to settle. That, that we lay down our lives and we give up our rights. We're going to touch on some of these things. And then we move forward. Sometimes, though, dealing quickly is taking time to process. Sometimes, sometimes when you realize it's there, something's going on, your resolution to deal with it quickly means, okay, God, if I go to these people right now, it will be bad. I've done that. You go in the heat of the moment. You step up without the Holy Spirit. And you're just going to deal with it. You're not really there to deal with it. You're just there to make your case. You're not really open to, to dialogue and humility. You're just there to condemn and, and seal their fate in you. Sometimes you've got to process through it. Where, where did this go wrong? Oh, man, it's, it's really touchy right now. I do want to talk with you, but I can't, I, I just give me a few days. I, I will come back to this. Just give me a few days. We want to resolve conflict in a biblical manner. We want... To avoid making lists with people. Avoid making lists with people. List making. I've been in meetings and have spoken to people where, where the very first words out of their mouth to me or about people were they said, and they could give you the date and the time and who was there and what they did. How many of you know that the moment that we begin to make lists, we become stuck? We might talk a good spiritual talk, but the moment that we make a list, because it means we're hanging on to the offense. It means that we're going to remind, and somewhere I'm just tucking this away for the opportune time. And I'm going to use this to my advantage when necessary. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, and here's the overarching theme. Freely you have received the grace of God. Freely give. And we're going to talk a little bit. I'm not talking about resolving the situation quickly. I'm not talking about in terms of sweeping it under the rug or pretending it's not there. I'm simply saying make sure you take the time to acknowledge. And when, when you're able to have good conversation, do that. It doesn't mean it won't be heated. 
It doesn't mean that, man, sometimes it won't go sideways. It doesn't mean that you better be ready just to, to yield and let it, let, it, let it just fall where it may. And you may end up the guilty party when you were the one who felt like they offended you. But somewhere in the journey, if we're going to deal with this in a manner that would be Christ-like, we've got to be willing to, to, to let it go and yield to Jesus and let him do the work, even if we don't see anything happen in the other people. That's not our jam. Jesus is on the move. We want to seek to resolve. Matthew 18, 15, Doug, Doug dealt with this. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you've won your brother over. In person, in person. If you have to and distance doesn't allow you on the phone, but, but not over text and not via email, right? Like, like those are information channels, but, but you're not going to resolve anything generally. I've received some doozies of text. There are people who can put words to, to, to down. And man, here's the issue with this method. When you do that, making my case, you make a case. And you can start and you can, it's got a body and you can finish. And it's sealed. And there's no room to navigate. It's an indictment. I'm just encouraging you. We're talking about ways to resolve and, and ways to, to communicate. We want, I want to encourage you. Do it in person. And here's the other thing. There's nothing like face-to-face conversation. Right? I mean, it's like everything within me is like, oh, man, do we have to in person? Then you show up and say, okay. I know when I'm ready to have a serious conversation, and especially if it includes my wife. Man, I'll, I'll, I'll text, we'll email, but man, I know that I'm going to have to face her. And there is no one who will pull me up short or, or challenge me or speak a, a good word over me and encourage me like my wife can. She knows me, and she's not going to be buffaloed right to the issue, and I know so, so, so we work on this, and then Matthew 18, 16 says, But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. This is powerful. Pastor Doug shared on this. Right process. If you go to one-on-one and, and they hear you, you gain a friendship. You, you, you keep a friendship. If they don't listen to you, you take an outside uh, person, and then you dialogue. But, but here's the thing. Be ready, because that outside person might hear the full story. And man, they might not side with you. And you better be ready in humility to say, oh man, you're right. I am the offender. Forgive me. Forgive me. You see, a good example of this is we need to be willing to lay down our lives and give up our rights. 1 Corinthians 6, I'll give you just an overview. The church in Corinth had many struggles. Christians were suing each other in court. Some of the Corinthian Christians felt their business or personal rights were being violated by other believers, and they were trying to settle the issues in Roman courts. So Paul writes, he writes in verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 6, he says, The very fact that you have lawsuits amongst you means you have been completely defeated already. Why not rather be wronged and why not rather be cheated than take it to an outside court? 
The Apostle Paul is urging the believers, stay within the spiritual confines of your brothers and sisters or the leaders of your gathering or church that let Jesus and the Holy Spirit be the guide. Don't take it outside. Deal with it inside now. But he's also saying, you must be willing to lay down your rights. Uh, A while ago, several years ago, I was in a dialogue with somebody and I was challenging somebody, and I was right. I was right. I'm just letting you know, I was right. I was right. I had a sealed case. Man, I had an indictment. I, they, they had offended me, and man, it was scriptural, and the narrative was watertight. So I go to them, and I lay out my case, and I'm, I'm acting all whatever, and you know, reading this and talking with them. And right there in the midst of that, They said, can I say something? I'm like, sure. And they said, Raul, do you want to be right or do you want to be right? And the moment they said that, I felt the Holy Spirit just just lay a spotlight on my heart and said, Raul, now's a good time to lay down your rights. And I just thought about that for a minute. I'm like, you know what? You're right. The issue is me, not you. The issue is I'm trying. I, I, for some, I can't let this go. I'm not forgiving you. I'm not letting you go. And right in that moment, I said, you know, you're free. You are free. You're not beholden to me. I forgive and I let it go. And on that day, I gained a friend. I preserved a relationship. I wasn't trying to extract. Right in that moment, they, they could have given me the platitudes I'm sorry, da 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 and, and they probably could have meant it. But right in that moment, they gave me a Holy Spirit word that was right. It was a spiritual spanking, just bam. Wow. As a Christ follower, other values may be more important than, than preserving your rights. Wow, think this through a minute. We, we live in a society where things are based on rule and order and rights. Am I right? Right? I don't know of another word, so yeah. I mean, but everything revolves around this system and construct that, that gives us as Americans and people, we have rights. And those rights are the, they're the bedrock of how we behave and how we interact. And, but, but here's the narrative. When Jesus came, he came and rewrote the system. To where we deserve damnation. We were granted forgiveness. And he was the intermediary. And changed the narrative with which we interact with people. Somebody say amen. So what we should have got, we never got. And what we have, we never should have gotten. This is the grace of God. And this is what should flow in and through us. In our marriage relationships in our dating relationships, in our friendships, in our business relationships, professional uh, relationships, even if they're unbelievers, that we recognize that how I treat them, do unto others as you would have them do to you, that right here we recognize God created us to be free people, that we forgive and we understand how we should work through, that we understand that we may be the people that lose, 
We may be the people that lose, even though I'm right, for the sake of relationship or for the sake of the gospel or with the Holy Spirit leading us, we may be the one that has a charge and say, oh man, I'm going to lose all to forgive you. That's privately, right? You still have to wrestle with your hearts. Okay, Lord, I forgive. And then you release them. Man, you're free. I forgive you. You may not have even known or you did know. And they know. Man, this is wrong, but it's over. It's zeroed out. I don't hold it against you. It's done. If anyone's going to repay me, it will be the Lord. And he'll work it out in due time. That's tough. Some of you are like, I want to be back there right now. But, but we understand that sometimes we, m- we must lay down our lives and be willing to give up our rights. In Ephesians 4.3, it says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We must do this with the help of the Holy Spirit and His wisdom. You know, I'm not telling you, if you're in a marriage relationship and it's abusive... And there's, there's other stuff going on. I'm not telling you that over and over and over that you've got to lay it down and they continually manipulate and overuse and abuse. That is not what I'm saying. And don't ever twist the scripture so that you can oppress or abuse people. But, but right here, when we're able in a free will and in an in a, in a open conscience that we're able to, to navigate, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? How am I to deal with these people? Because you need to work in my heart. Because this is where it starts. Help me to forgive. Help me to, to move forward and start again. Fresh. See, see, here's the thing. Many of us, we might forgive and, 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 and just good relationship, we're trying, we'll look them in the eye, we'll shake their hand, we'll hug. But when we walk away, it's like this thing in our heart. And, and even sometimes we're unable to forgive ourselves. Come on. Come on. I don't know about you, but, but I know me. I know just the lack of the lost opportunities or the missed moments or, or, or the real negligent behavior or, or the thing that I, sh- offending thing. I know, even if no one else knows, or I know the intention of my heart, I know. But right here, this is, this is where the Holy Spirit and the work of Christ works to set people free. You were created to be free. You're a new creation. You've you got to be able to take that same principle of him forgiving us to me forgiving myself, you to forgive yourself. Yeah, it didn't work out, but here I am today, God. Restore me, renew me. I walk in your forgiveness. Help me to be a new person. Tomorrow's a new day. It's a new relationship. It's a, it's a new thing. Help me to see that, Right? Because so oftentimes we, we know our mistakes and failures and, and we start walking, we, we forgive and we think we reconcile, but we're carrying all that stuff in us. And as we go, we meet new people, we go do the new thing and we carry all of that woundedness into that. When all along Jesus is saying, I forgive you, so forgive yourself. Be free. Let me make you whole. Talk to me. You'll be amazed. I want to encourage you. If you find yourself in that place of just all that in your heart and you just can't 
Just begin a dialogue with Jesus out loud on your own time. Whatever you're doing in your own, Lord, here's the issue. I failed or I made so many mistakes or look behind me. There's a train wreck and it's me of my own doing. Help me, Lord. Getting it out. Words, putting words to your feelings and thoughts can help. Romans 12, 18 said, if it, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You see, sometimes we can't be restored to the people that we've had conflict with. In those cases, we pray for them. We pray for them. Here's why. We pray for them because where our heart is, there are treasures or the principle that whoever I would, I would be so willing to pray for Care is going to extend that way. Now, this is, so I'm praying, and the Lord begins to change the perspective of my heart. He just begins to work in my heart, and really, because it's, it's about me, I need to forgive, and I need to let go, and so I'm bringing, I'm bringing the one who offended me, or the one I'm unable to reconcile with, or sometimes it's, it's just the way it lands, and it, and it must be. Okay, Lord, you know all the stuff that's in my heart. I pray you radically alter the situation in the course of their lives for your glory wherever they go. Sometimes it's the only thing you can say. Touch them where they're at, Holy Spirit. Because ultimately, we don't want to be in the camp of revenge. We want to be in the camp of repentance. And if we pray that the Lord would move and touch people's hearts and minds, true repentance is the ultimate game changer. Amen? Because they have to navigate and self-reflect and be honest and accept mercy and grace. And it's a game changer. And that's where we want to be. Well, we must be able to release it. And, you know, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes this love chapter. He says, love is. And he writes all this stuff. And then in Philippians 3, he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. The apostle Paul, it's interesting that he writes all these things. There's only one or two mentions of Barnabas left in the New Testament. One of them is like, yeah, Peter did this, and Barnabas joined them. It's not, it's kind of a, eh, Barnabas is out. It's almost as though, like, I don't even, yeah, here's Barnabas. We had a falling out. There they are. But, but somewhere in the journey, maybe this is, you know, Paul's instruction. This is good, how we have to live. Love people, all this stuff about love. I'm just going to look ahead. And strain ahead and press on towards the call. We want to make that narrative as some like, you know, it's holy and it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not mocking the Bible here. It's good. But we need to recognize that there's a man who wrote this, inspired, wrote this. And right here in this moment, he's choosing. I have a life I've lived. Things are behind me. He's killed Christians. He's he's opposed the gospel at a time. He he even had a falling out with a Christian brother. And they have not seen each other to this point. So right here, I'm just going to go forward. God, you're going to have to work out those details. I'm moving. If we can take an example of that. There's there's some of you here, you're stuck. So I was even praying and preparing. You're stuck. 
You're stuck. You, you, if, if we'd give you an opportunity, you can tell us the issues, date, and time. And, and some of you, it's legitimate and deep and grievous. And maybe what happened to you is illegal and was wrong. But, but from right here in this vantage point in your heart, if Jesus can't work through that, he can't work through very much. Like right here making a conscious decision to say, all right, God, help me. Help me to forgive. Help me to let go. I can't change. I can't control. I'm the one who's stuck. I need freedom. And it starts with the recognition you didn't create me to hold people in bondage. You created me to set people free and to forgive. This is one of the most powerful testimonies you can have amongst people. is your willingness to reconcile and to forgive even if you lose. And even if on the face of it you look like you're wrong. Like it's just, oh, Jesus has you. Jesus has you. We, we either believe that or we don't. That he's got us, that he'll, he'll watch over us, that he'll be the one who, who repays and, and repairs and, and restores and, and make, makes whole. We, we have to hang on to the thing that, that he will come to make things right. And if he doesn't do it in this life, he will do it when we're joined with him. Somewhere we have our perspective that's different. Lift our eyes. All right, Jesus. Help me to live a life, to, to live a life like I've been forgiven and I can forgive and let go. Amen? Would you stand with me?